0: Biden's gonna get out there and mix it up. He's gonna to have to get on the corner and meet people and hang out with regular people and give some speeches and perk people up like Harry Truman did back in 1948. You gotta sell. You gotta sell yourself. He's gotta do it. Now, he may make some problems along the way. He will make more gaps. of course he will.
1: But isn't it better to have him out there? Uh, yes, propagandists. Uh, Chris Matthews, another former Democrat Capitol Hill staffer, Lying to their tiny little audience of maroons. If you get your news from MSDNC, your brain must hurt. You are the living embodiment of Ronald Reagan's great axiom. It's not that liberals don't know anything. It's just that so much of what they know is wrong. That's where they go to uh, fulfill it. Joe Biden watches Morning Joke every morning sitting in his high chair with his little knit socks on, eating a bowl of cereal with the spoon clutched in his fists like a two-year-old, watching reruns of Hazel. He's the president of the United States. By the way, uh, since we're speaking of Democrats, I don't have much of an update, but in Washington, D.C., Right now, there is a barricade situation going on. Three police officers have been shot and wounded. The NBC Channel 4 local news headline, Three officers shot while serving warrant for animal cruelty in D.C. Shooters still firing. This headline is from two minutes ago. It's been going on for quite some time now, I would say, for hours. It would be... Uh, at least two hours, I believe. The suspect continued to shoot at police hours after opening fire on officers trying to serve a warrant for animal cruelty, forcing lockdown at multiple schools in the neighborhood. And the gunfire actually sounds like an AR-15 rifle. The police shooting back, again, three officers shot. I don't know what the animal cruelty is, probably pit bull fighting or Something like that. He's probably not being mean to hamsters like Richard Gere, anything like that. But three police officers shot this morning. Suspect continues to fire from a residence in southeast Washington, D.C. A fourth officer had minor injuries. Three officers wounded in the gunfire. Taken to hospitals. The initial reports are that they're expected to survive. But, uh, you know, that's as good as it gets right now. Shooting suspect remained barricaded in the house, continued to fire shots at police hours after law enforcement shut down several city blocks, forcing multiple schools into lockdown. Police were seen ushering children carrying Valentine's Day cards and decorations into a school. The Democrats want to defund the police and fund Venezuelan street gangs. The Democrats are not on our side. Still an active shooter situation, and uh, very, very bad, very bad. Now, police trying to figure out the, the identity of the shooting suspect. Hey, weren't they serving a warrant on his house? Unclear if anyone else is inside the home. There may be dogs inside the house. Democrats pretend to care about dogs, but they don't care about people. And they especially don't care about the police because they prefer crime and carjacking and anarchy. They're pro-crime and pro-criminal. Their prosecutors are, George Soros is, their allies are. The Democrats are not on the side of civil society. They're not a liberal party. They're a left-wing party. And, you know, another Democrat city. Again, I was watching, uh, I almost pulled audio from it, but a a state senator in Missouri wants the state to come into the city of San Francisco, excuse me, the city of St. Louis, And uh, where they've got a George Soros prosecutor and take over the police department, wants the state to come in and take over the police department in St. Louis, should probably happen in San Francisco, too. And the federal government should take over Washington, D.C. and take home rule away from the Democrats because they're turning it into a murderous, crime-ridden hellhole going bankrupt. Other than that, the Democrats are doing a heck of a job. You know what I'm saying? Mm, 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 mm. amazing the washington post since i mentioned the children being ushered away by the police carrying valentine's day cards and valentine's day decorations while a democrat is shooting up the neighborhood it it may or may not be the animal cruelty you know organized dog fighting which democrats and some members of the nfl like but The anti-Valentine's Day movement is gaining strength, the Washington Post says today. Whether it's painting their nails with dagger-pierced hearts, that's a little psychopathic, or ghosting the social media love fest, teens are disconnecting from Valentine's Day in an act of self-love. You know, I... uh, I think I understand as, as as it goes, teenagers very often engage in acts of self-love. Isn't that true? I think that's acts of self-love, depending on how you define that. The Washington Post types on behalf of the opposite of civilization. Let's be honest. Valentine's Day is more potential to has more potential to hurt, harm, terrorize, and traumatize people than anything Halloween serves up. That's the Washington Post. That's their opening sentence for Valentine's Day because they don't like Western civilization. It's just a cute little holiday. It's a little bit of a Hallmark holiday. Fine, fine. I'm taking my best girl out to a wonderful dinner tonight at a kind of a new restaurant in the area that we've never been to before. And and uh, we're looking forward to it because we like each other. We love each other. And even if it's just a little bit of a Hallmark holiday, that's okay because it's about happiness and love and liking people. And you've been doing Valentine's Day stuff probably since, uh, you know, small child time grammar school, bringing in little heart-shaped things and stuff. It's a sweet holiday. And so the left wages war against it because they're a suicidal death cult. So they say it's Valentine's Day has more potential to hurt, harm, terrorize, and traumatize people than anything Halloween serves up. How's that, you pathetic loser? You should probably get in a tub and open a vein. It is a suicidal death cult. They make the, the suicidal death cult at Jonestown in Guyana in South America look like a mentally healthy bunch. They do. From the card and carnation campaigns that decimate kids' self-esteem in classrooms— is that what it is? You know, I'm, I'm thinking that this person is a sad, pathetic loser of a person. It's Petula Dvorak. It's, I know it's Petula, but I like to call her Petula. Petula Dvorak is typing it up. I'm guessing the boys didn't like her because she is a severe pain in the rumpus and probably always has been. One of the things I've discovered in life is that people don't change. If you knew somebody in third grade and then you know that person when you're 50 years old – it's the same person, and I'm thinking Petula was a, um, a suicidal carnivore when she was a child, and continues to be in her old old age. That's what I'm thinking. From the card carnation campaigns that decimate kids' self-esteem in classrooms to the endless stream of pop-up ads online, say I love you with a chicken. That's a maybe po- she was hungry when she was typing this. The start of February is triggering for anyone who isn't feeling it. Open a vein. Dark hearts have always abounded. She says, I got to know one of them at an anti Valentine's Day party before I married him. The poor SOB. Can you imagine marrying someone this miserable that you met at an anti Valentine's Day party? God, you're sad. Petula. Life is grand, unless you're you. But the growing crowd of nopes is getting more attention, especially from marketers. See, they they like to attack everything. If it's capitalistic, that's another thing they hate. And we see around us an uprising in two ways. This is, I got to tell you, these people are so sad. There's also another story. That's enough of Petula. There's also another story that I did last night on my Newsmax program. Uh, that environmentalists, radical environmentalists, which is, I think, the whole Democrat Party, they are anti-Valentine's Day as well because a lot of the flowers that you buy for Valentine's Day are grown in, for example, Colombia, where they could be engaged in the cocaine market instead. But the left, because they think they're going to save the planet, the left says, well, you can't buy flowers because it's bad for the environment. And, you know, they have to fly the flowers up from Colombia, and that means that your flowers have a large carbon footprint, you know, not as big as, uh, you know, certain singers that fly from Tokyo to Las Vegas for, for a Super Bowl party. Uh, but, but never mind that. So they, they say that flowers, growing flowers in Colombia, jobs and economy, uh, peace, not cocaine, and flying them to your grocery store – I actually bought, brought uh, my best girl a bouquet of flowers uh, for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I did. I brought home a bouquet of flowers on Sunday. I was getting a couple of, you know, uh, late thoughts on the Super Bowl gathering at, at our place, and I brought a bouquet of flowers home because that's the kind of guy I am, you know, a romantic, a normal person. Remember normal, but this is your Democrat Party. They're anti-everything good, anti-everything cheerful. They corrupt the FBI. They corrupt the IRS. They, they corrupt the CIA. They corrupt foreign intelligence agencies. They corrupt three consecutive presidential elections. They're corrupt people. Very, very corrupt people. And they're no fun. Valentine's Day is just kind of a happy fun. You don't you know have to get too involved. She met her pathetic loser of an unhappy, miserable... Emasculated husband at an anti Valentine's Day party. Michael, have you ever been to? You're a fairly cynical person. Have you ever been to an anti Valentine's Day party? Not even me. <laughs> you don't object to being described as a cynical person, do you? No. No, no, no. no. no you don't. Now we got this. Uh, you know the the uh, uh, marauding in Washington D.C. going on and and all this stuff. Uh, And I got more D.C. stories. Democrats, and these aren't good Valentine's Day stories, but I want to share them with you because they're good Democrat stories and they're very corrupt people. Uh, I I think I've told you about this Walgreens. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Walgreens in downtown Washington, D.C. in Chinatown. China in Chinatown. And uh, a a security guard there, they have two armed security guards because the Democrats keep robbing the place, right? And uh, the other day, A criminal went in there, he's a Democrat, and he had a gun, he had a handgun, and he attacked one of the security guards and ripped away the security guard's gun. Then he had two guns, and he's coming at the second security guard. The second security guard also had a gun, pulled out a gun, shot the robber with two guns. And that was like, you know, all right, good security guard, that's what you're there for. Keep shooting the criminals, uh, because then we'll have fewer criminals. Well, the headline today in the Corrupt Washington Post... Store manager charged in robberies at Chinatown Walgreens. Turns out the manager of the Walgreens has been involved in, and it's been a frequent target of robberies uh, since last summer, that the manager there helped orchestrate at least four of the armed robberies at his own store. Okay? The manager, Michael Leroy Robinson, Michael Leroy Robinson, and his nephew, have been arrested and charged in connection with the robberies at the Walgreens. He's in cahoots with the robbers. He should go to prison forever and never get out. That's pretty amazing stuff. And Georgetown, this uh, former D.C. city councilman by the name of Jack Evans, wrote a piece in the Georgetowner, a local uh, newspaper, Uh, and uh, the owner is a friend of ours of the uh, Georgetowner. Jack Evans, former city councilman, What happened to historic, safe, clean Georgetown? With a question mark. And uh, he's asking the question, how have we destroyed Georgetown to the extent that we've destroyed Georgetown? It used to be a nice place for people to go. Now it's garbage everywhere, garbage cans everywhere, mentally ill homeless people everywhere, uh, crime everywhere, people being shot, people being mugged. And the answer, Jack Evans, is because of you and your friends passing corrupt laws that are anti-police and defunding the police and police officers fleeing the department, you're down more than 500 police officers. It's because of you, Jack Evans, you and the people that you sleep with, you and the people that are pro-crime. That's why Georgetown is no longer safe, clean, and historic, that's why. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... And Tony Bobulinski and uh, some Republican members of Congress on Capitol Hill actually came out and and said uh, said a couple of things, about a couple of things. Elise Stefanik and Dr. Congressman Ronnie Jackson uh, also. And I will have those for you coming up as well. And Tony Bobulinski on Capitol Hill yesterday once again revealing the corruption of the Biden family. And uh, let me look at my Washington Post. No, no. Not there, not there. Good news about inflation on the front page of the Washington Post. House GOP impeaches Mayorkas. That's good news. And Ukrainians in Gaza caught between two wars. Maybe they should go to France. Just amazing. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to the phones, Michael. Let's go to Heck calling from Bethesda, Maryland. Heck, you're on the Chris Plant show.
0: Good morning, Chris. Every day you you never fail to entertain me. <laughs> um, but you're you're um you the woman you're the columnist about the Washington Post you were just speaking of uh-huh. well, my breaking point was when I canceled my subscription where she told you if you didn't go see the female reboot of Ghostbusters, you're a misogynist <laughs> and I was like, that's it, I'm done i' have I had to the newspapers my entire life. I delivered newspapers so as a kid, I was done at that point. But here's another thing. When you talk about the Washington Post, their motto "Democracy dies in darkness." Uh-huh. You have to add "Laugh out loud." Okay.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I uh, yeah my uh, my uh, my slogan for the Washington Post is "It looks like a newspaper, but it's not." And uh, well,
0: I think you should also say, "I read the Washington Post," so you don't have to.
1: <laughs> well, and that is an absolute fact. I I've got to say I. There's a style section today. You're taking one
0: today. for the team. You're taking one for the team there.
1: I really are. It makes my brain hurt, too. Uh, it's just, it's awful. They've got a John okay. Stewart returns to the Daily Show. Stewart returns to the Daily Show eager to pick a fight, is the headline. And it's one of four stories. It's the propaganda reach of the Democrat Party. It is, It is ubiquitous, it is unavoidable. And there are four Washington Post stories online about John Stewart just from yesterday, John Stewart returning to the Daily Show, which was barely funny then and hasn't been funny in a long time and he's not really very funny and was never really very funny. And he stole one of my lines when he was on a couple of nights ago too. Um, he uh, what did he do? Remember he stole my chocolatey goodness uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh gosh, uh, when I was talking about the Wuhan Red Death coming out of the wuhan institute of virology and i compared it to a you know being covered in chocolate in hershey pennsylvania and having trouble figuring out how that happened and he stole another one of my jokes a couple of nights ago uh but yeah you that's know, okay at least he recognizes other people's good jokes when he hears them he steals them of course but that's okay Have you seen this uh, 19-year-old that is being charged with a felony because he was uh, in Florida? Dylan Brewer, 19 years old, arrested after vandalizing a street by doing a burnout in his pickup truck on an LGBTQ flag mural painted in the middle of the street. The 19-year-old Dylan Brewer drove his pickup truck with an American flag flying on the back of the pickup truck uh, out back over the, uh, the street on January, uh, excuse me, on February 4th. Police are claiming that Brewer caused, quote, significant damage to the streetscape painting, which serves as a symbol of unity and inclusivity for the LGBTQ community. If it is a narrow community, how does that represent unity and inclusivity? I'm just curious about that. I I use the English language frequently, and I see an incongruity there. Brewer posted a five thousand dollar two hundred five thousand two hundred fifty dollar bond because he was charged with felony criminal mischief and reckless driving in Palm Beach County. Now that's pretty crazy, and I, there's video. The 19-year-old has a pickup truck. Looks like a perfectly normal young man. Got a nice pickup truck. He's pulling into an intersection. In the intersection, there is a giant LGBTQ rainbow uh, painting, right? And it doesn't include the crosswalks. They skipped the crosswalks. He drove into the intersection at night, and he kind of punched it and, and while he was taking a left and laid a little patch in the middle of the intersection. That's a felony because he expressed his political view. Now, they express their political view there 24 hours a day. The left does with the LGBTQ flag, right? And now this guy's facing, facing a felony charge because of significant damage. That's a lie to the uh, streetscape. It's a couple of times. Ty- and he didn't do a donut. He didn't come back and do it again and again. He, was going, he might have done the same thing three blocks back at another intersection without an LGBTQ flag, which is a political expression And then he peacefully exercised his First Amendment right to uh, disagree with the political statement that is laid out in the street. He's a 19-year-old kid. For the last 10 years, he's been flogged everywhere he goes, in school, out of school, in the media, in politics, with the LGBTQ agenda. And by the way, in New York, they're releasing illegal alien wanted criminals who are beating police officers without bail and not charging them with felonies. And he, a 19-year-old American, is charged with a felony and more than $5,000 bond to get out of jail as felony criminal mischief because he laid a patch, didn't even do a donut, did a little pet taking a left, little not even a fishtail, really, just a little patch, taking a left through the intersection. And that's a crime because the left expressing their political views and that being in your face all day long is great First Amendment expression. You, expressing a different point of view, is a felony. Just like Donald Trump is facing 90-something felonies for, you know, for example, having classified documents in his house in Mar-a-Lago. Joe Biden, no felony uh, charges for him having classified documents in his house. President Trump, declassification authority. Joe Biden, no declassification authority. That's your Democrat Party. They will, because they're the left, they will jail their political rivals and their political enemies. That's their thing. Uh, Let's get to Elise Stefanik. So much going on on Capitol Hill. Talking about, uh, you know, Joe Biden not being prosecuted for his illegal possession, his criminal possession of classified documents which he was not authorized to keep. And also sharing, compromising those classified documents, including sources and methods which could get operatives and agents killed, arrested, jailed, tortured, you know, sources and methods, the most tightly held classified information. Elise Stefanik this morning on Capitol Hill. Special counsel, her decision to not prosecute Biden because of his deteriorating mental state further demonstrates the un-American two-tier justice system that exists in Joe Biden's America. There cannot be one set of rules if your last name is Biden and another set of rules for the rest of America. And the American people know that if someone is mentally unfit to stand trial, they are unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. Unless you're a Democrat, in which case that's fine. Mentally unfit is them. We are mentally unfit, the Democrat Party says. And the two-tiered system of justice that I was just describing with a 19-year-old in Florida facing felony charges for laying a patch in a pickup truck. If he didn't have an American flag on the back, they might not charge him because, you know, maybe they just think that he's brain damaged like Joe Biden. You know. Uh, also, you may remember Congressman Casey Weinstein uh, posting a, an AR-15-style rifle with a rainbow pattern on it, a rainbow pattern on it, and the words, problem solved, problem solved. Now, that after, oh, for example, you know, this teenager in Florida is being charged with a hate crime. The mass murderer at a Christian school in Nashville, not charged with a hate crime, murdered six people, transgender mental case, went into a Christian school, murdered six people, including three children. No hate crime. No hate crime. Not even called a hate crime by the Democrats. Amazing stuff. All right, and to funny. Now, let's go to Congressman Ronnie t- telling you about the H.E.R. report and the two-tiered system of justice. And, uh, and Joe Biden, his brain is too broken to face the legal ramifications of his many actions over the years. He goes off scot-free. And uh, President Trump, no scot-free, two-tiered system of justice. Amazing stuff. Ronnie Jackson Uh, medical doctor, and former White House doctor, now member of the House of Representatives. In
0: regards to the her report that just came out, I think this is on the mind of a lot of Americans right now. Uh, I want to just state the obvious. If you're not cognitively fit to stand trial or to answer accusations against you, you're obviously not cognitively fit to be the president, our commander-in-chief, and our head of state.
1: uh, That seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But our media and the Democrat Party, but I repeat myself, are so profoundly corrupt that this is fine with them. They've got, um, you know, brain-dead boy in the White House. No problem. Uh, Congressman Dr. Ronnie Jackson.
0: I've been saying individually for a long time since he was candidate Joe Biden uh, that uh, this man's not cognitively fit to be our, our head of state and our commander in chief. Uh, we've had lots of evidence of that since then. Uh, a lot of people are starting to see that. Now we have the Her reports coming out, which is a completely different angle on this, an objective report uh, from, a mem- or from, the, from an appointee of his own DOJ, from his own administration, that's saying that he's not cognitively fit uh, to do his
1: job. And what do the Democrats do? They attack, <clears throat> they attack Robert Hur, the special counsel, because they're racist, and he's a Korean American. Uh, and uh, they attack Donald Trump. And that's uh, the headlines today about Donald Trump being mentally unfit because the Democrats snap their fingers and the corrupt news media. They say, "Hey, I know. Let's let's call it's the old Soviet playbook, the Russian playbook." Whatever you're guilty of, you attack them with the very same claim, right? That's the thing. Uh, Congressman Dr. Ronnie Jackson.
0: He's supposed to be getting a a physical exam done here in just a few months, his annual physical. Uh, They've already indicated that there will not be a cognitive test associated with that. I think if there was ever, ever a time that we need a cognitive test for a sitting president of the United States, it's right now. And as you remember, President Trump got one. I think he set the precedent. It was a large part because of the uh, press's insistence that he have that included as part of this physical exam. I would like to see that same type of enthusiasm and insistence from the press right now that President Biden submit to a cognitive exam as part of his physical exam, and if he thinks he's fit to lead this country, prove it to us with some objective data that says so.
1: Were it not for double standards, liberals would have no standards at all. And the most insidious power the media has is the power to ignore. We are watching both of those truisms being animated today. The Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mike Johnson. The DOJ is indicting one president with politically motivated charges, and they are now carrying the water for another amid very similar allegations. A man too incapable of being held
0: accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. And everyone in this room, if you just ask yourself that question, you will come to the same conclusion.
1: But then they'll lie about it because they're leftists and they're they're handmaidens for the radical left, the Democrat Party. Uh, They're driving the country into the side of a mountain. Joe Biden yesterday came out for a minute uh, and uh, was uh, expected to make a statement, and he started with this. I'm not going to take any questions, but I'll be taking questions tomorrow and the next day. I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. I promise I'll come back and answer. That that promise will be broken, and the media will be fine with that. In the meantime, the media and the Democrats are... uh, parroting the party line, as they always do.
0: Raymond Shaw is the kindest, bravest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. Raymond Shaw is the bravest,
1: kindest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life.
0: I said Raymond Shaw is the kindest, warmest, bravest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life.
1: And that's what uh, Joe Biden is getting from the press and the rest of the Democrats today. Just, uh, Just extraordinary. How corrupt the times we are living in have become. Uh, And uh, Tony Bobulinski yesterday, amazing testimony there. I I need to get to the mailbag, and I need to do it quickly, too. And Tony Bobulinski revealing that Joe Biden met with a Chinese corporate chieftain named Yi, and then days later, $3 million transferred from the Chinese Communist Party Party energy company to the Biden family coffers days after the Joe Biden meeting. And Democrats say, there is no evidence that there's anything to see here. There is no evidence that anything is wrong. All right, let me get the mail back. Sylvie in Waldorf, the great Sylvie in Waldorf. She rules. Sylvie rules. So what's the over-under that Senator Joe Manchin or even Nikki Haley will run as a third-party candidate? and that this will help or hurt Trump? That is a a great question. I'm not sure anybody knows the answer to that question. I think Joe Manchin will probably sit it out. Nikki Haley, when she loses the Republican nomination, but she's hoping that something terrible will happen to President Trump and she'll be the last man standing. I don't think that she's going to get there, but who knows the Democrat Party is a very violent party, so you can't predict what's going to happen next and RFK Jr Robert F Kennedy Jr is also running for president he was in Michigan yesterday or day before yesterday trying to drum up support for his uh, run as an independent he attacked the democrats and the republicans and you know the democrat kennedy family member his father assassinated by sirhan sirhan oh and by the way apparently it was alejandro mayorkas that put the kibosh on secret service protection for RFK Jr., and he was impeached yesterday by the Republicans. The Washington Post very angry about that. He's lied under oath to the Congress. That's fine for Democrats. That's no problem. He is uh, uh, presiding over the uh, most open border the country has had since the Mexican-American War, And, um, and he's not on our side. And it's good that the Republicans impeached him. The Democrats are obstructionists because they're not on our side. And and Sylvie, you know, it's kind of roll the dice. Anybody's bet. Roger asks which Republican senator would get best rhino award for the latest vote. I'm an Arkansan, so John Boozman gets my vote. I think I'm gonna go with Mitt Romney on this one. You know, most high profile Republican presidential candidate, uh, never on the correct side. I'm gonna go with Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney on that. And Let's see. Democrats stick together on bills and policy. This is from Liz. How do we get Republicans to pull together and uh, go in the same direction? Now, we don't have our ducks in a row. Heck, they're not even in the same pond. I uh, I would like to see more party discipline from the Republicans. On the other hand, I, I don't want to see them become the goose-stepping Democrats, marching like their socialist worker party forebears in lockstep on everything. I prefer to be a member of the party where there is disagreement in the party, where it's allowed to disagree with the party. The Democrat Party marshals their, their minions, and they goose-step, clup 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 with no deviation whatsoever, none. Uh, but it is tough. You know, the Republicans, not uh, they're undisciplined. The Democrats, very disciplined. Und, you will now march. John asks, Chris, with all the work you put in, do you ever sleep? Um, <laughs> I, uh, I do occasionally. and On weekends, I do a little catch-up sleeping, which works fine. Sometimes I get a 20-minute uh, speed nap in the afternoon in a reclining chair at home, have a PB&J, and then uh, off to Newsmax for the next job, you know. Do I ever sleep? This morning I woke up at 1.30 a.m., 1.30 a.m., uh, just for a minute, and then I was up for two hours. And, uh, and I put on the movie Network, Network, a 1970s movie, Patty Chayefsky. Uh, and and I'm going to pull some audio from it and share it with you maybe tomorrow because the Howard Beale speech sounds like it could be given today. Sounds like it could be given today. It really does. Um, I, uh, I I don't, you know, I, I usually get to sleep at about 11 and I get at about 5 and that's about 6 hours a day and, and uh, seems to be working okay, you know. How much do you need to sleep? And GSAV111, 111, GSAV111 111 says, uh, do you think President Trump is his own worst enemy? I love him, but my husband thinks he's constantly shooting himself in the foot by saying things that land him in hot water. He certainly says things often that land him in hot water. There's no, body, no doubt about it. I think he's funny and fine just the way he is. How about you? I think he's funny and uh, fine just the way he is. Uh, you know, if he's not running for president, I think if you're running for president, you should avoid saying that uh, you're going to tell Russia to roll over NATO countries because they, uh, you know, they're not paying their fair share. I think you should strong-arm the uh, and shame and disgrace the NATO countries, which he did successfully as president. And there is still more work to be done in the NATO countries, but I think that he cause, uh, causes himself trouble unnecessarily and frequently. Um, that NATO thing is one example. He could have added one sentence to what he said and just say, you know, I'm kidding. I'm not going to encourage Russia to roll over in NATO alley, but I am going to push them to pay their fair share. If you just add that, then it cleans it all up, you know. And uh, and uh, sometimes he causes. And he gives his enemy. I've talked about it many times. He gives his enemies all the arrows that they want to shoot back at him, and he should stop that, you know. He should. You know, he made a comment about Nikki Haley's husband off the cuff recently. Yeah, where is Nikki's husband? Where turns out he's in uniform as a military reservist deployed overseas. That's not good. That's not good. John McCain, you know, I prefer people that weren't captured. Not good. That's not good. Don't give the media and the Democrats the ammunition that they want to turn voters away from you. Bring voters with you. That's better. That's a better way to win. It's, you know, it's funny. I get the joke, but not everyone does. And uh, a national election is about everyone. Help yourself. Don't hurt yourself. I think that's pretty good advice. All right, I want to share a Congressman Chairman Jim Jordan soundbite with you about Tony Bobulinski's testimony on the Hill yesterday. When Joe Biden shows up at the at the Four Seasons restaurant for lunch, at the lunch are Hunter Biden, his associates, and eight Chinese officials who are executives at CEFC, the Chinese energy company. Joe Biden comes in, gives a short presentation and leaves. Three weeks later, the deal gets closed and $3 million gets wired to Biden accounts. Nothing to see here. There's nothing corrupt about that. Why would anyone raise an eyebrow at that? The Biden family business is Joe Biden. They provide no services. They provide no products. They provide influence. And I'd like to point out that in the 90-something billion dollar bill, uh, more than 60 billion goes to Ukraine. Ukraine funneled millions of dollars to the Biden family to keep fighting Russia. As for Taiwan, they got about five billion dollars china funneled millions of dollars to the biden family and they get what they want from the biden white house don't support you don't support taiwan and ukraine gets what they want from the biden white house john brings his skewed sense of humor jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together